Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. I wish you had a chance to meet my dad. Growing up, we had one and only one father-son talk about purity. It was the summer of 1989. We were driving in a two-ton Chevy truck from the ranch to town in rural Wyoming. And it was like a 30-minute round trip to go get water. And his speech about purity was short and compelling. I was 13. And he said, <clears throat> David, I want to talk to you about sex. <laughs> okay. Oh, my eyes, I'm sure, got wide. And, and I was fearful. And he said after that, you do it, and I'll break your back in three places. Any questions? <laughs> no. No, I shook my head. No, mission accomplished, Dad. And we drove the rest of the 29 minutes in silence. Now, his message did stick with me. If you could have seen me in 1997, I was racing cars, and I had a bumper sticker on the back of my race car, which is a bit ironic for anyone who knows what I've been doing the last 20 years of my life in marriage ministry, but this bumper sticker said this, the more I know about women, the more I love my race car. Now, of course, in God's infinite wisdom, I met Tracy three years after that. November of 2001, Tracy and I got married. 14 years later, I broke my back for the first time. Four weeks ago, I broke my back again. This time, though, in two places. So, Dad, ha, I have paid my dues. I'm good to go. Well, today's topic is an important one. Many men struggle with pornography. Many women do as well. Is your struggle with porn or is it with purity in your marriage? Find out in today's episode of Vows to Keep Radio, the show where you get sound biblical counsel you can apply immediately to your marriage. We're your hosts, David and Tracy, sellers of Vows to Keep. And Tracy and I are biblical marriage counselors, authors, teachers, radio hosts, and conference speakers. If you want to get back to being on fire for God and your spouse with a passionate purity, you're definitely in the right place. Now, as I read the Bible, God built marriage as this highlight of creation. Probably most of us know the six-day creation story, but if you don't, I want to share a little bit from it. Starting in Genesis chapter 1, God had, had built everything that was going on in the garden, right? All the animals and the sun and the, you know, everything that was laid out for us to see that we still see today. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God created man in his image. In the divine image, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful, multiply, <laughs> fill the earth, subdue it. Now, I'm not sure if God had to explain to Adam and Eve what was required to make babies, but they probably figured it out, right? They, they probably were able to figure that out pretty quickly. Now, in a more descriptive part of the story, we see in Genesis 2.18, God explains his thinking. And, and this, is, this is key. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. And this is after he has made lots of different things and said, it is good. I believe there are seven times where he says, it is good after he creates something. And he looks at Adam and says, dude, <laughs> it is not good that you're alone. He says, I'm going to make him a suitable partner. 
So Adam takes a nap and God builds this woman, Eve, out of Adam's rib. And Adam wakes up and is like, whoa, this chick is hot. She is flesh from my flesh. Being one flesh will be easy. Now, consequently, and this is, this is no joke. When I was x-rayed for this broken back four weeks ago, guess what? I found out I'm missing one rib. Seriously. And, and maybe this is where Tracy came from. I don't know. So, so we've got this man and this woman in the Garden of Eden. And watch what happens next. Chapter 2, verse 24 says, This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. The two become one flesh. But it gets better. They were both naked and felt no shame. I I almost can't even imagine that. In other words, they had nothing to hide physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. They were not embarrassed or ashamed at anything. Before sin, it was clearly very different. Naked and unashamed. This is how God created marriage. Now, being naked and unashamed, that statement is a very significant statement about purity inside of marriage and sexuality. Because it's more naked in the garden than anything you find on the internet, and God was not blushing. For so long, I didn't understand the way that Satan had messed with the way that I viewed sex. Now, obviously, I could see Satan was all about trying to amp up sexual sins in my peers and as I went to college in my own life. But I hope today to show you and over the next few broadcasts, the bigger problem as I now understand it. This series is called From Porn to Purity. We're going to be breaking this topic down in three sections. The first section is sex is God's design. Satan is full of lies. The second is that God made marriage to enjoy and that sexual purity is not just avoiding temptation. The third is, what do I do if that's not what my marriage looks like? How do I make my wife the object of my affection? Let me go back through that one more time in case you didn't catch it all. Satan has been trying to ruin sexuality. He's been lying to unbelievers for generations. That is no surprise. But the worst part is that in some ways, we are helping to substantiate his claims. Now, in Sunday school, purity is always defined as abstinence, right? That's probably what many of us have been taught. But scripture talks about putting off the old self. And in some ways, this is a parallel mindset. Resist Satan's sexual temptation. That's the putting off we often think of. For a single person, being defensive, casting off those lies, that is a key for purity. But a married man... Your options don't stop there. The second point is God made marriage for our enjoyment. The punchline here is that God made sex within marriage to bring something that's offensive to the game as well. And we as married people need to put on something. And I'm not talking about your spouse. If you're married, you need to put on pursuing God. You need to put on pursuing your spouse. You need to understand that sexual purity is not just avoiding pornography. You've got to do your part and trust God for the results inside of your marriage. Passionate purity is actually a critical way in which we as married couples tell the truth about how God designed marriage to be. And then finally, what do I do if that's, that's not where we are? What if I'm not in a position where I'm enjoying a pure, passionate love with my wife? 
And I'm not talking about making an idol of your marriage, but if your desires are not focused on your husband or your wife, it is time to change that. I'll also be inviting you to ask questions that you might have pertaining to your own marriage. You can certainly always email us at questions at vows to keep.com. Now we're going to, as I said, be covering these over the next few broadcasts. So I want to encourage you, if this is something you're interested in, make sure you come back and listen to those other broadcasts as well. Now, not all of us started out as strong as Adam and Eve did. In fact, some of us didn't approach our relationship strong at all, but actually a little more wrong. So the first question I want you to think about from the standpoint of purity, if you and I were just face-to-face talking together, did you start out your marriage strong or wrong? You see, many people think to themselves, no, we, we started out pretty strong. We didn't have sex before marriage. We didn't, we didn't introduce any of those things. And, and others realized, no, we, we went well past what would have honored God in our relationship. But you know what? What's the difference? That's a good question. Because we've all seen couples that started out strong go wrong. And we've certainly seen couples that have started out wrong be redeemed. Now to prove this, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Remember Adam and Eve, they were naked and unashamed. I don't know if anyone else remembers the the fish stickers that we used to put on our car in the late 90s and early 2000s, right? It was a sticker that said, you should know I'm a Christian. I'm a fisher of men. If you were to look at my pickup truck, you'd see I've got a big American flag covering the whole back window of my pickup. Flags are are carried in parades. Flags are honored. Flags are hung on our houses. We have no hesitation declaring ourselves as an American. And no fellow American would say, dude, dude, put that away. Hide that. Because we would question, what kind of American are you? And this is how Adam and Eve are with each other. They are naked and they have got no reason to hide anything. They're literally walking that way and talking that way with God. That is as strong as I can imagine a marriage starting. So then what happens next? Well, it's Genesis 3 that happens next. I'm going to read that for you, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? What kind of unreasonable God are you serving? Now the woman says, no, no, no. We, We can actually eat from the trees in the garden. But God did say... You must not eat from that one tree, the one that's in the the middle of the garden. In fact, I can't even touch it or I'll die. Now, I had the honor to pray with a dad recently over his college-age daughter's purity. His heart was literally broken for her as he wrestled with how to approach this issue with her. The lie she was wrestling with was the same one that many of us have. What exactly is sex and how far can I go? How far can I go and not cross that line of purity, God? And I, and I picture Satan saying the same thing to her. Has God really said you can't have any sexual pleasure in your life? How similar is this lie to the one that Satan uses to tempt Eve with? Has God really said you can't eat from any tree in the garden? So we go on. Satan says, oh, come on, Eve. You're, you're not going to die. God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You'll know good and evil. And, and Eve looks at that fruit and says, boy, it does look nice. It, it does look nice. And it, 
and that wisdom thing you're talking about, that would be good too. And so she takes a bite. And the first sin in Eden reveals two lies. Most of us have only learned about one of them. God says to Adam and Eve, here's a garden. Have anything you want but one tree. Here's a marriage. Have fun with each other. Wink, wink. Like, go make babies, right? Go have a lot of fun trying to make babies. And then Satan comes on the scene and we hear the first lie. God's withholding something from you. But don't worry. I'll I'll hook you up. Don't worry. And Eve eats the fruit and her husband thinks, yeah, let me have some of that too. And with that, sin enters the world. We all suffer from this. David, I've heard the story many times before, but let me read on. It goes on to say, she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both them were opened and they realized their mouths had sinned. They flossed, they brushed their teeth. They sewed N95 masks from fig leaves. They put them on their faces so as to hide their sins. (laughs) No, that's not what it says. Verse seven says they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You see, Satan's goal was to deceive Eve. God was, was withholding knowledge and wisdom, but Satan deceived them in a second way. And that was that something was wrong with them sexually before God and each other. Let me read on Genesis three, eight says the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he's walking through the garden and they, they, they hide, right? And, and God says to them, where are you? And finally, they confess. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Now, seriously, why did this matter? God had seen them naked. God had made them naked. I want you to catch this today. Because destroying physical purity in marriage was Satan's secret play. Now, I don't know what he said. Just that they went from how God made them, naked and unashamed, to two people very self-restrained. And Satan wants you and your marriage to be ashamed and frustrated. He doesn't want you to express your sexual desires inside of your marriage where God designed it. No, Satan wants that frustration to tempt you to look outside of your marriage for sexual fulfillment. So let me ask you this question. The sexual temptation in this world, have you running to talk to your spouse or running to hide it from your spouse? Why is it that we as Christians are the least likely to publicly display affection inside of our marriage. Why is it that pornography is this tempting substitute for a gift that God gave to be passionately expressed inside of marriage? Why is it that so many Christian husbands are completely distracted from their marriage? They are more married to their job and their hobbies, and they neglect that spiritual leadership of their wife. And then after that comes an erosion of sexual health in their marriage. Why is it generally accepted that our kids and and all of their school and sports schedules and their friends schedules should become the most important thing in our lives over giving time and capacity for our marriage? Could this be why our wives took time primping in the mirror to tantalize us in the dating years and they've turned into the soccer mom who couldn't care less about looking sexy now? Just hear those last three statements put together. Husbands, Failing to prioritize God, failing to prioritize their wife, and parents more attentive to their kids' needs and their spouse's needs. And it is no wonder that there are kids growing up in Christian homes more convinced than ever that sex outside of marriage, where it's unpure, is more exciting, more fulfilling than inside of marriage, where it is pure and God-honoring. I think we're making that statement true in how we live. Now, purity is often defined in Sunday schools and youth group 
as abstinence. In other words, putting off Satan's sexual temptations. And Colossians 3 talks about this. It says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Skipping down to verse five, it says, put to death, therefore, what's earthly in you. You know, the sexual morality, the impurity, the the passion, the evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. For on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Hopefully it's not coming for you. Verse seven says, in, in these you once walked when you were living in them, but now you got to put all those things away. The anger, the wrath, the mouse, the slander, the obscene talk. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You see, God made purity and pleasure for the married. Now this, this position of being defensive, right? Casting off the old self, that is key. But for the married person, it doesn't stop there. And this takes me to the second point in our broadcast, that God made marriage to enjoy. This is the good news, and I'm not talking about the gospel. God made sex inside of marriage a gift to bring some offense into the fight for purity inside of our lives as well. Now, you ask any man driving by a strip club if he's thought about what is going on inside over there. And it's not right, but men are curious. And because Satan's perversions find men who are weak and hungry sexually, they wonder. They think about it. A man who's filled, though, who's enjoying God's pure gift of marriage, he knows exactly what's happening in there. He knows it's a cheap substitute. It has no appeal because it is not pure. His knowledge of sex isn't contributing to him being tempted. No, it's making him secure. The only difference is one man is living how God designed it to be, and one is starving because he's not. So let me keep reading in Colossians 3. I'm going to pick up in verse 10. It says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Knowledge is key. There is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, free or slave. In other words, your old identity is gone. Verse 12 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone's got a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord God has forgiven you. Verse 14 says, and above all these things, put on love because that binds everything together in perfect unity. I love this passage. You want perfect unity in your marriage? You want a warm, passionate love? Put on these things. Don't fake it. Live it. You will knock your spouse's socks off. And of course, it's no coincidence. Paul connects all this to a husband and a wife's role and and guidelines for how that home should look and the passages that are going to follow. You should definitely keep reading in that passage. Now, I hope to have some, some time to share more about what we do at Vows to Keep, but if you're just tuning in or just hearing about us for the first time, of course, we do have this weekly podcast, but we do a lot of marriage counseling and we counsel couples in all different states. Some are, are healthy. Maybe they don't see eye to eye as parents or they've got some unmet expectations and, and they don't really know what to do about that. Some are at odds. 
Some hate each other. Some lie. Some have been unfaithful. Some are saved. Some are not saved. After all these years, I don't think you could tell me a marriage story that would shock me. But I want to tell you this. Let me tell you why we enjoy what we do at Vows to Keep. And that is because we get a front row seat to see miracles happen. To see God make massive changes to a marriage simply by having two people who say, I want to apply the truth of God's word to my life. Will that be you today? Maybe you can relate. Sometimes I I have to work to put off that old man. You know, the sexual morality, the impurity, the lust, the evil desires. And, And I feel like I wouldn't be doing this topic of moving from porn to purity in marriage justice if I didn't point out that God uses the convictions of the Holy Spirit to bring us to repentance, to restore us. And this is very different than shame. See, Satan uses shame for our destruction. Go back to the garden with me. What started as shame about their bodies and shame about how they looked physically in front of God turned into a lie that would cause them to restrain themselves before each other and God from there on forward. And that restraint created a weakening of that unity, a shame that affected your marriage today. But this shame is a lie. I want to give you an example. We worked with a couple not long ago, and, and the husband had, had become a Christian. And after becoming a Christian, only, only a month or two after, he came to learn that his wife had had an affair. And when the affair came to light, um, the wife's path didn't immediately turn. No, in fact, she kept going further and further in her sin. And we met with this couple shortly thereafter that and and worked with them for about eight months. And at the end of our time together, while meeting with their pastor, she said something that was very astute. She said, when I believed I was condemned back in the beginning of all of this, when I thought I was condemned, I had no reservation about, about leaping into the next sin and then the next sin after that. And then the next thing after that, you see, I, I couldn't see that it would matter that if I was able to fix this one little thing that would really change the course of much of anything. So why not go for what I wanted? But once I repented, once I sought forgiveness from Jesus Christ and, and I understood his mercy and his grace, I realized he could change me. And now she lives totally different. You would not recognize her. If you met her a year ago and today and you looked at her eyes, you would see the light of Jesus in her eyes. She's not the same person that she was a year ago. God made marriage to enjoy. Sexual purity is not just avoiding that temptation. We won't have time to get through all three topics, so make sure you tune in next week as we tackle what to do if that's not what our marriage looks like. Some of you started out wrong. Some of you started out strong but turned down a wrong path and you need to hear me. There is a new road you can go down. Will you let God convict you to restore you? Does she still do battle? You bet. Just like you and I do. But she knows that God uses conviction. And that's very different than shame. God uses that conviction for our protection. Shame is an attack on who you are. 
The Holy Spirit's conviction is a restorative move toward who God made you to be. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. Fiction isn't just for entertainment, even though one of my favorite things to do is read a good book. Fiction with a purpose allows you to journey with the characters and come out on the other side changed more into the image of Christ. And that's exactly what I want for you as you read my trilogy, Roots Run Deep. These historical romances are fun and fast-paced, but I also know that as you turn that last page, your heart will be changed because you'll know more deeply your Heavenly Father's heart for you. Go to VowsToKeep.com for all the details. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.